0: Listening to Free Talk with Mr. B.
1: Brilliant. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another awesome episode of You, Me, and Ice Tea. I'm Deidre Stevenson, your hostess today, and I'm joined by two fantastic co hosts. First of all, our illustrious Mr. B, who is back in business, back with us again. Hello. Welcome.
0: Thank you. So you've thank been you. been away
1: on business.
0: I'm still away and, on business.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I'm <laughs> yes, in the Philippines. So still, oh, no. That's commitment. You know, he's in the Philippines right now, but he's still managing to make time to be on our podcast. And we're very excited for that. Thank you. And Mr. B is the author of The Art of Giving Back, which is a great book. You know, it's very inspiring. I highly recommend you go pick that up. And Richard D, who is a sci fi author with how many titles now? Uh,
2: 18.
1: 18. 18. Probably yeah, a 19th s- in the works
2: right now, though, right? Oh, there, there are several, several in the works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 19 would be along soon.
1: You know, you and I are such kindred spirits that way. We can't possibly have just one thing wow. in the works. Which is just several titles are coming along all at one time,
2: right? Oh yeah, just just when you think you, you're getting getting somewhere in one title, then another idea pops into your head, and you you leave that and, and just set off in a completely different direction.
1: I totally know what that feels like. <laughs> Actually, I really do. I mean, our brains are all over the place. Honestly, it's it's it's. It's amazing to keep up with it. It really is. Oh, yeah. But <clears throat> today we're talking about something that is a, a little diversion, you know, from our usual genres, the horror genre, the scare. So, what do we think about that? I mean, we, you know, horrors are, are people go to horror movies more than any other kind of genre. I have to put that out there first. And horror books, I think, sell more than any other genre as well. That is surprising, is it not? I mean, that people actually like being scared, <laughs> people get a kick out of being afraid. And, you know, it makes you wonder why. You know, why, what's what's that all about? What is this craving we have for being terrified but then feeling that relief, you know, knowing that it's not real, if it didn't really happen, it was just a, it's just a book or it's just a story or it's just an imagination or it's just a movie. What do you think, <laughs> Mr. B?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one is hard because we keep going back for more, even if we, <laughs> felt like we didn't like it. Why do you go back for more? It's the interesting part of it when you get scared. I'm scared of, <laughs> at a movie. But I, I think, I don't know, just my imagination. I think people want to feel alive. Why we use the phrase, well, let's just pinch ourselves to make sure this is real. So good, bad, or indifferent. Mm. We want to feel things. And a fear is a feeling very similar to joy. It, it stimulates our... our, our um, I don't know if it's called cochlea or something like that. It stimulates our mind to have feelings, with feelings of right. emotion, feelings of passion, feelings of fear. It tingles our spine, fingers our soul, makes us feel alive. So maybe that's why we go back for more, maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, that's very true. I mean, <clears throat> I've read a little bit, you know, before this episode about... The scientific aspects aspects of it, and we do get a certain dose of uh, serotonin, you know, a little bit of dopamine as well. I mean, whenever you get that scare, but then you realize that everything is fine. It's actually, you're actually safe. It's just a story. It's not real. Right. <laughs> and it can be addictive. Actually, oh, yeah, to, much. going back again and again for that. <laughs> what do you think, Richard? Do you have a favorite?
2: Horror, horror story. Yeah, well, I, I started reading horror stories years and years ago with James Herbert, um, with the Fog and the Rats and Shrine and, and stories like that. Um, wow. My my favorite horror movie maybe not really a horror movie as much, but was the the second Alien film. Um, ah. was the action, the action film, if you like, and there were so yeah. many times in that where you had to jump. You know, um, and I, <laughs> I can watch it. I've, it. I've got it on DVD. I've actually copied the DVD onto my computer, and I can sit and watch it. And it still does has the same effect on me every time, even though I know I know it's a story. You know it's coming, but you've seen it you a hundred times before. It doesn't matter because I can just watch it, and I can be scared every single time. And it is addictive. I think you you can get addicted to to waiting for it, and there's almost a relief when it's over. So yeah, That's I can, right. I can see the, the whole chemical balance thing and, and how it affects your mind.
1: It's somewhat like going to a roller coaster, isn't it? I mean, you know the same loops and the, the flips yeah. are going to yeah. be there yeah. at a roller coaster, yeah. but you, you have a tendency to want to go back and feel that adrenaline, you know, happen again and again, right? It's that's why they call people who enjoy adrenaline junkies, right? Oh, sure, <laughs>
2: so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, probably when, like that with horror. Yeah, when I was uh, when I was working as a as a ship's pilot, I used to go out on a, on a small boat into the estuary in all sorts of weathers, and, and we used to bounce around when it was rough, and it could get quite exciting, but it never really frightened me, I guess. Not in the same way that going on a roller coaster and doing exactly the same thing that i was doing <laughs> at work would fr- would would give you a, a you know a jolt whereas when you did it at work it just felt you know, it's part of the job you know so you it's, know, it's really but, strange how how the two things sort of you know make your mind see and they're so
1: different because yeah. you know at work it was probably like you could have faced a real danger you know not but sure, a yeah. roller coaster oh, yeah. is like an assimilated danger so it's not real yeah. you know yeah, so
2: it's curious. It me, it's totally different. I don't I don't I can't explain it, but I remember sitting in the um in, in the pilot boat one one night. And it was pitch black and we were bouncing and rolling all over the place and I'm thinking I paid to do this last week and I was frightened. But now it's just, you know, oh come on, aren't we there? yet? You know? So and it's just really weird. Yeah, it's just really strange.
1: Amazing. Yeah. What do you think, Mr. B? what sort of, you know, scary experiences have you gone back for more for? <laughs>
0: Uh, probably turbulence in an airplane
1: <laughs> oh no you
0: know, <laughs> you know been we, traveling
1: lately yeah, so that's yeah. very very valid <laughs> well,
0: this this podcast is about um novels writing fear facts, scary movies and and so we have no shortage of that but when we think about fear and what it does to our body like i was mentioning earlier we get something out of it and that's why we become junkies to it because of how it makes us feel. And I, there's only so many things that your right. extrasensory perception is agitated or activated. When you get goosebumps all over your arms, maybe that gives you a, an awareness of fear, but it probably also makes you feel good. Or when when the, uh, what is the thing is that? Dopamine or whatever the, the brain releases. Dopamine. Or dopamine. I have yes. no idea where those things are, but it, the body releases it and reacts to it. And we may feel it or feel as if it's fear, but we might just like it. Um, right. The, the awareness that something creepy is happening or about to happen when the back of your hair stand up. And you, we all know where those signals are. You know, the, yeah. the, the concern we have while we go back for it is if it's involuntarily, comes at you then we may not like it but when it when we voluntarily go watch the movie we were asking for it it's it's just when we dream about it afterwards i'm scared the daylight's out of us in the dream that's when we are like jumping out of our bed wondering what did i just what did what did i just see or what just happened and so there's a difference between voluntary and involuntary and when it comes to movies and shows and so on the the book we read or the movie we watch we're voluntarily going after it
1: right true now there's also their question you know with horror stories and all um can horror actually reflect a cultural problem that's happening i mean have you what do you think about i mean can we think of examples of you know horror stories that have come out that have reflected something that uh, the author or the writer wanted to draw attention to
2: I, I think you, you can use fiction to highlight any sort of problem. I mean, there was a there was a, f- a film a few years ago called Twenty Eight Days Later, which um, uh,
1: yes. dwelt
2: on the idea of a, a global epidemic of a disease that wiped just about everyone out. Or even if you go back a bit further, The Day of the Triffids, or something like that. And they that that certainly reflected on the on the Cold War sort of aspect of of imminent possible destruction. Um, So yeah, anything post-apocalyptic can prey on fears of, of what's actually happening in the present day
1: or or the fear of you know maybe we're not alone in the universe perhaps Mm -hmm. there are you know intelligent species you know on other planets I mean there's so there's plenty of science fiction horror out there you know a lot about that you know (laughs) I mean we we would like to think you know that they're coming to you know to make contact with us for a friendly purpose but there's always a question as humans we can't help it I don't think we can help it you know wondering what that would actually be like like, you know and would they be hostile there's a part of us that's very afraid and i think by reading stories about it or either watching them play out you know in a in a film or something you know it's it's giving us a chance to think about it in sort of a safe framework you know a frame a safe environment you know so because it's, you can tell yourself oh it's not real this is just a story it's just <laughs> you know but what do you think what's your do you have other thoughts on that?
0: If you're asking me, then I uh, we know we just experienced a global pandemic. Whether we have pandemic di- deniers or not, uh, having a, over a million people die in the United States and the numbers now down to about 400 or below 400 a day is still a, a, a death rate or other rates with something that's physically happening so when we read a right. book or watch a movie about something like this we feel now that nothing is really so far-fetched um i mean it's really really weird before we had the night of the walking dead and then we got into all kinds of movies that I was like oh no i'm turning it off as another zombie movie but the pandemic <laughs> we lived that's- in our a- yeah, because you just get so many zombie movies. <laughs> but the pandemic felt so. What was zombie. that with
1: zombies lately? It's like a lot of zombie stories, right? Yeah.
0: But the <laughs> pandemic time felt very zombie ish. At the time when it started, it I was did. living in Burj Khalifa, and I wasn't sure if we were going to run out of food because we keep ordering and getting it. So I told my wife, I'm going downstairs to the main grocery store in the in the, bird, in the Dubai Mall to see there's actually food there. So we've seen movies and so on, and we always refer to our movies and our script. And so yes, right. the mall was zombie-like empty and it's scary empty. You know, you get this feeling of fear that no one is there. I did make it to the right. grocery store and it was completely full of food, I got some relief. But imagine walking through the Dubai Mall with no one there. And, and that yes. I, I did, and, and, and it was like a reflection of a movie. So the question <laughs> you were bringing up, does life reflect the movies or do the movies reflect life? And so it makes exactly. it quite interesting if we find it Well, it's just that. like
1: any art form, you know, I mean, write books and films, you know, they do sort of reflect the culture of the time, problems that are happening at this time, you know, and they, they sort of mirror you know whatever the author is you know had on their mind i mean have you ever written a character that is you know a villainous character that actually says something that you actually would like to say but you can't say as yourself what about um, you? Do you do you have not, a villain that you you've you've willingly spoken through <laughs> it,
2: it's it's funny because Um, I I don't consciously set out to to sort of tell a a moral tale or a a fable or something like that. But when when I read the reviews, some of the reviews I get, people pick up on things that they see in the story that I really didn't didn't think I was writing Uh, and yet... When, when you look back at what they've said and you look at it and you think, well, actually, yeah, they're right. I was making that commentary or I was you know, putting that point across and I was almost doing it, well, I was doing it without realizing I was doing it. So I think, but I think the reason for that is it's almost an osmosis from the times we live in In it just automatically comes through, which is, you know, why you, you, you read an old book now that was written say 50, 60, a hundred years ago and it seems old fashioned right. because the times are different. You know? Um, So it's 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 a reflection of those times, but it's not a familiar time because you're not in those times during these times. If if you Mm -hmm. see what I mean.
1: Right. Well, you know, it goes back to fairy tales, too. I think, you know, when we listen to, you know, the the grandparents, you know, their parents, you know, reading fairy tales to us. And, you know, those fairy tales didn't start out as sweet. They started out really horrific, actually. (laughs) like Hansel and Gretel was
0: scary as ever.
1: (laughs) Very scary, actually. Hansel and Gretel. And it does tell a story that, you know, the moral of the story is don't wander away from your parents you know and Mm -hmm. go off alone into the woods or if there was there could be you know predators out there like the witch and they could lead you in there with candy I mean that's actually very you know applicable today is it not I mean anybody who's got kids you know Mm -hmm. you worry about some weird stranger you know with candy leading your children away right like the witch did with Hansel and Gretel so you know there's a great example yeah actually and you know,
0: as, as we speak about it there, uh, I, I was remembering the movie, The Sum of All Fears was the ah, title of the goodness. movie. And then I thought, you know, there's a lot of scripts, writings and movies with the, the word fear in it. And it's uh, meaning that it's a popular uh, emotion to trigger in writing and in, in movies and manuscripts and scripts. You, you know, even, mm-hmm. um, even if you did a, a Broadway play, the Phantom of the Opera was supposed to be scary even if he knows Mm -hmm. how to sing (laughs) a scary good singer (laughs) but uh, the whole idea yes it's an art and this it brings up our senses so we can be in the audience at the edge of our seats or the stimulation of our fear-mongering emotions that is it's part of what makes us alive I think so
2: right and and it it, it transcends genre as well doesn't it because you know people can say I don't like sci-fi or I don't like whatever but they will always like to be scared
1: Right. It's true, true. I think that I, 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 it's very true that it transcends gen, uh, genres, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, there's science, like we said, there's science fiction, horror, and you know, I mean, I think that there's even even horror itself has so many subgenres. You know, to think about, I mean, I don't enjoy, you know, a blood and guts festival, you know, but a lot of other people do. I mean, they like, you know, brains exploding and, you know, hearts being slashed and stuff like that, but not, you know, I I pretty much (laughs) Richard's laughing at me now. (laughs) but i prefer a much more psychological supernatural kind of twist you know like um that's probably why i you know chose that you know for the hakima's tale and for you know spook's tale which is behind me there you know in my my background if you know um and yeah i think i probably have you know said things through my villains you know that are probably dark thoughts of my own, you know, like <laughs> the, blue <laughs> the Blue genie in Hykema's tale, you know, is very angry at humanity for destroying the Earth and destroying, you know, themselves and becoming selfish, greedy creatures, you know, that no longer deserve the planet. You know, and I have to say there is something, <laughs> you know, that something to agree with there, you know, I think, but others disagree. But, you know, look what we've done to the environment, though, truthfully, you know, I mean, is would it be all that far fetched for an alien life form, for example, to to think that about us? You and know? You know,
0: it's very possible. And also in the in the fear category, we have things we can um that has been written and even me myself in my book I wrote things about my fear of being alone or my fear of not leaving a mark or my fear of being abandoned and all the different kind of human social fears that comes with us and so when we look at it even from that perspective alone it's not necessarily a horror horror, but it's uh, uh, fearful and it can be very very disconcerting to have a fear of not leaving a mark or or not that's being true. a contributor to society. And the, the worst ones I always thought was just really just being alone.
1: <laughs> that is a big but, uh, one, actually. And that's a fear that a lot of people share, you know, being alone. That, right. that's, and, and there's an awful lot of things that people will do, you know, to ensure that they're not alone. I mean, maybe even things that are way outside their comfort zone, you know, to be sure that they won't be alone right i mean that could be the basis of you know horror stories on its own right am i right i mean we could we could build off of even that <laughs> yes and as you
0: as you brought it up earlier it's one of those things that does reflect life because imagine getting to um i'm right now i'm 61 and getting to somewhere close to 91 and realizing uh, that no family members showed up or like there's a hurricane going towards Florida and the Panhandle. Everyone is being told to evacuate and either you didn't get the message or you can't move because you're alone in an apartment or a small studio as an older person. And so fear comes and, and, and Gladys is brought up. The movie will reflect yes. all of these fears. The book will reflect all of these fears. And, and so it could be very disconcerting to feel that this can be real after you have read it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's true. That's well, very, very true. true. I mean, I, I think sometimes horror horror stories can actually help us face our fears, you know, like fears of, you know, closed in spaces or fears of, you know, certain creatures, you know, I mean, there's so, there's probably a story to match out there someplace that if you, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, you can experience it in kind of a safe zone, you know, because you can tell yourself it's just a book. You know, or it's just a story, or <laughs> or a campfire stories. What about those? You know, we we didn't even really mention. Like, have any have either of you been to like camp sites? You know, where they told scary stories around the fire. <laughs> I have. I mean, I'm or, American. <laughs> we do that.
0: i would be doing the comparison. Richard is like you would write it, and someone might be living it. Right, Whether you put your um, fictional characters or not, people literally live these things or being trapped in a car between two trees and can't get out or snowballs falling down the hill or being submerged in water and wondering how do you escape from that car. We've seen these things on our TV in the news. And so it's a very, very good and valid point about what's written and made into a movie or show and what happens in real life And, and both fear factors are just upon us. You know, yeah. And so sometimes we yeah. get it voluntarily sometimes we, we get it involuntarily
1: true that yeah I mean, oh one like, thing i wanted to ask yeah. you guys though why is the book always scarier than the film <laughs> what I, do you
2: think I, I i think it's because you can use your imagination to make it as scary as you want subconsciously true. Uh-huh. When, when you're watching a movie um yes yeah, someone can can leap at you from the side of the screen. Or something awful can suddenly happen. When you're reading it, you've got time to build up to it, and your mind has no limit into how much it can it can prey on you to make it scary. I mean, a filmmaker like Alfred Hitchcock was was a master of doing that. He didn't show you much in the film, but he left it to your imagination to 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 oh, make wow. it as bad as you wanted, really. Um, and I think the book does the same because if, if you don't get it the first time, you can always nip back and read it again. Whereas in a movie, it's gone. You've had the scare, the monster's jumped out of the cupboard and that's it, it's gone. But when you've got it, the book's in your hand, you, you can look at it and you can take it nice and slow and you can build it up in your mind, especially if you're reading in a dark room with just a single light and suddenly it can, it's coming on you.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I agree with everything you just said, actually. I think... <laughs> You know that's probably why the younger you actually read a book too, the more you you actually have that effect. I mean, when I read the Amityville Horror, you know, at twelve, it scared the living hell out of me. You know, (laughs) I mean, of course the film was equally terrifying. It was really scary, especially the fact that it was based on a true story. I mean, that was that was wild, so freaky. You know, but the book it was way more terrifying because. Like you said, I had had time to build that up in my head, you know, what those scenes looked like. You know, and it was probably way worse than it actually was.
0: And just following up <laughs> to what Richard said, that you can line up 10 people on a couch and each of them could read that same script and you get 10 different interpretations of the fear factors in there and how it approaches when it actually suddenly hits them with fear at different points if we were to do a scientific measurement. And and so the the written word can can be interpreted so many different ways. The movie is interpreted by the director to the point exactly when he's going to sneak up on you and scare you and so again all very interesting <laughs> as we come to the close of this podcast it, it, it makes me it makes me nervous about in the shower they always talk about the psycho <laughs> <laughs> the
1: psycho in the shower yeah,
0: yeah I heard the someone shower told scene me recently, classic they,
2: yeah
0: they <laughs> <laughs> told me that we do not close the shower door we do not draw the shower curtain i was like really <laughs> and yeah. Then I'm like, oh yeah oh don't shampoo my ear with my eyes closed
1: Okay. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, it's just getting us all in the mood for Halloween, you know, because we've got Halloween this month, one of my favorite holidays. So, you know, let's just just keep that in mind. It's all in good fun. It's not really real. It's just a story. (laughs) And with that, I guess we can close out our episode of Don't Scare for this podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys back next week.
0: Brilliant. Uh, I'll, try my I'll try my best. I'll try my best to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs>
1: oh, please do. It's so much more fun when you're here. Well, I miss <laughs> it too. <laughs>
0: but sometimes we have to do our bread and butter.
1: That's true. We all have our days that we can't be here, and then we understand that. And we do miss Rodney today, by the way. Yeah, we'll so pray for him and, big and shout and out yeah. to Rodney.
2: Yeah. Sending all best wishes. I hope everything's you
1: know, good. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Amen.
0: <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening. This is Mr. B on Free Talk with Mr. B for your comments. See us on Facebook. Follow us also on Instagram. Follow us. Please send any inquiry to email Mr. B at freetalkwithmrb.com or go online www. Dot free talk with mr b. Dot com. we thank you and look forward to you again when we come on this week next week and every sunday on free talk with mr b